Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You are locked on Lakers. Your daily podcast on the Los Angeles Lakers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day. Welcome, everybody, to the Locked On Lakers podcast. I am Anthony Irwin. I am joined by Harrison Fagan, whose voice is just a little sexier because he's a little under the weather. Uh, Harrison, give us your best, like, James Earl Jones, Barry White impression. You think this makes my voice sound sexier? Dude, when I get when I get sick, I can't help but, like, say, man, I wish I could always sound like that. Okay, well, I, in my opinion, I sound like nasally voiced Christian Bale Batman, but I guess it's uh, to each their own. If you if you think I'm sexy, I guess that's your call. Where are the drugs? <laughs> um, we, we, we have a, a lot to cover. The trade deadline is in full swing, so we're going to talk about the different kind of deals that the Lakers can make. And then finally, Mitch... Uh, or no, Magic and Jim Bus did not meet today in a what I think is a really bad look for for everybody involved. Uh, but before we get to all that, make sure you're following the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Use those promo codes for SeatGeek and for Mac Weldon and and for all the other good ones. Um, yeah, so we're gonna start where you know that we we would be burying the lead if we did not talk about Lou Williams who I tweeted out a little you know about an hour ago or uh that that I would be frankly shocked if Lou Williams was on the Lakers past this trade deadline uh Harrison on a scale of 1 to 10 if if the Lakers were to you know you if you were to wake up Thursday or no Friday morning and Lou Williams is still on the team you would be pretty surprised right I I also would hope that I would know about it before then considering the trade deadline is Thursday at noon but (laughs) yeah at this point with how much smoke there is kind of around this trade I would definitely say that you know there there has to be some fire right there are Mm -hmm. enough different outlets getting word that Lou Williams is on the table that different teams are sniffing around Lou Williams that you would think that there has to kind of be something on the table. There was, you know, there was Alex Kennedy of Basketball Insiders reporting the Lakers wanted to move him. And then there was Woj saying that the Wizards were interested. And then Zach Lowe followed up with that today, saying that the Wizards were considering giving up a protected first rounder for Williams. And then there was the report that the Jazz were interested in maybe giving up something for Williams and the Lakers were looking for a first rounder. And so, like, there are so many different reports coming out that you, you just think something kind of has to happen there. It's like, it's very rare that there's that much smoke and nothing ends up happening. Would you be, I would be, 
I would be shocked, obviously, like I said a, a second ago, but I, I'd be disappointed if, if Lou Williams wasn't moved, right? Because that would feel like an opportunity missed where I, I was thinking about this before we went on the air. I, Lou was the most... Um, His value is never going to be higher than it is right now. Well, it, I don't think the Lakers have had a player on their roster who they would be interested in moving who's had higher value than Lou Williams does right now, right? Like we would kind of say, well, Ed Davis would make some sense for some teams, but he was... Uh, just going to be a rental because of the, his contract situation. We said the same kind of thing about, you know, Tarek Black. Uh, sure, the Lakers, you know, theoretically speaking, could have moved Dwight Howard or Pau Gasol a few years ago, but those trades are always tough to pull off because of how much those guys were making. This case here with Lou Williams, he's making $7 bucks a, a year. He's under contract next $7 year. $7 million for, for his production. It, it's crazy. He's I, a, he's out. He's averaging 18.6 points per game on, like, the highest efficiency and highest usage rates of his career. And, you know, the uh, I think it was Ian Bagley tweeted out that the uh, that the Wolves were thinking about trading, you know, Ricky Rubio for Derrick Rose, right? And, and, uh, I think it was I think it was Brian Windhorst reported that on SportsCenter, oh, the, yeah, but right, it, it was right. ESPN. Uh, but when I when I heard that, I kind of I looked at it and I was like, good Lord, Lou Williams is making almost a— you know, less than a third of what Derrick Rose is making, less than half or, or just about half as much as what Ricky Rubio is making for a year less. And I would ha- I would much rather have Lou Williams on my team than either of those guys. I, I don't off the top of my head remember Ricky Rubio's contract situation, but it's 13, I would. It's $13 million for the next three years, including this year. Uh, I mean, I'd almost rather have Rubio locked in than Williams just because I think like there's a little bit higher upside there. And I think that he'd be like a fairly decent fit on this roster. But like overall, like, yeah, I mean, it, Williams right now is better than Derrick Rose. Yeah. Like, I know that that's like blasphemous because Derrick Rose was a former MVP, but Derrick Rose is not good anymore. Yeah. So uh, anywho, that's that's kind of what's going on there with with Lou Williams. The other guys that, you know, the Lakers have that they could, you know, theoretically move and maybe get something back for or, or, you know, Nick Young, who is not under contract. He has a player option that he's definitely not going to take. Almost definitely. Like I, bar, like barring injury or something yeah. crazy like that, and knock on or wood like not me. making a shot the entire rest of the year. <laughs> well, knock on wood for for Nick Young that that isn't the case because he deserves to he deserves to get one more contract out of how hard he's t- worked to turn around his career this year. And then the other one was was Tarek Black, who I think he's making six million dollars this year, and then next year he uh, his contract is at least partially unguaranteed, if not outright, not guaranteed at all. Uh, So both those guys, you know, they kind of fall into the Ed Davis kind of archetype. Whereas Lou Williams, I would, I would be pretty disappointed if they, if they overvalued Lou to the point where they didn't get anything in return for him. Because with the Lakers, you know, heading into this draft, if the, the chances are almost as good that they don't keep the pick that they that they actually keep it right or no they're they're higher that they don't keep the pick at this point. I think they have a, a yeah they they have the third they have the third worst record as of right now and that would that gives them so like that a, would be like a it's like a forty four percent chance. Let me confirm that right now. Yeah, but I believe it's like forty four or forty five percent chance. 
Yeah, right now they have a 46.9% chance to keep their pick. Yeah, and and yeah, and, and so you know, for for a team in that kind of situation, it's nice to have. It, it'd be great if they could somehow get a second first that they can offer up at it. You know, in a different trade because I don't believe they can actually trade this pick. They definitely can't trade it, knowing that you know <laughs> there's a really good chance they aren't going to keep it. But I also don't believe they're allowed to trade it this year because next year's first rounder, if they keep this one, is also uh, it, it could also go. So. Well, also, they would only be able to trade it if it was in the top three. So, like, I, I don't know that you can, like, reverse pick, protect, trade a pick like that. Yeah. So, uh, like I said, you, you want to move Lou, and, and it's great that he's worked the way he has. He's handling the, the whole situation really well with how, you know, with the trade speculation going around him. One would imagine he's probably pretty excited at the fact that he could be able to get back into the playoffs after, you know, playing with the these Lakers and, and the, the frustrating years that it's been team wise on, on in Los Angeles. So here's to hoping that, you know, the Lakers can turn around and, and get something from what would be what would be the least that you would be happy to get for, for Lou Williams? I mean, at this point, I just think that the Lakers have to get something because I don't think that his value is ever going to be higher. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, a protected first from Washington sounds pretty good, I'd say. I'd say, like, I mean, realistically, two seconds. I think given this Lakers front office's track record in that area, I think would even be acceptable if you just couldn't get a better offer than that, yeah. I would say. But I'm just... What I really can say is that I'm glad that I'm not the GM. <laughs> As <All> right. always. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's good to know. <laughs> uh, we'll move on to the next category. Of, I mean, what would, like, am I off, way off base here? Am I, like, like what would you take? Uh, no, I, I would agree with that. I would be, I, I would rather, you know, if it was between choosing between a couple second round picks versus... I think low. one second. I think if they're offering one second rounder, then I think you kind of have to walk away from that. Yeah, like just on principle, because it's just like showing that you're willing to like give up guys for nothing. I think it sets like a bad precedent with the rest of the league. Yeah, although but, I mean, according according to reports, Mitch Kupchak could could use from some of the image rehabilitation of he's too straightforward and he just flat out will not negotiate on on some of these things. So. Yeah, you got to balance those out. I personally, if if it comes down to second round picks versus buying low on a, you know, on a on a former first rounder, that's where I would rather go. You know, where yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah. So that's that's kind of where I I'd be looking for. I mean, if like the Jazz are supposedly interested, like uh, we've talked about this a couple times before, but if the Jazz were for some reason like willing to offer up Dante Exum, then I'd definitely take that. I would. I am not going to repeat. Like I what wouldn't I said let them get before. off the phone. I would try and conference in the league. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine. Do you think that's what the Pelicans did with with Sacramento? No, I think Zach Harper had the theory of the day on that. I think they sent that King Cake baby to Vivek Ranadive's house. Yeah, and just had that thing demand that to, he gives them cousins, and I think that worked out. I mean, use what you got. I mean, yeah, if King Cake Baby showed up at my house, I would give him whatever he wanted to make him leave. One of the worst photoshops I ever made was putting Byron Scott's face on that on that baby. 
and I just got fined. I don't even want to know why. Yeah, you deserve to be fine just for making that Photoshop, first of all. Yeah, it's it's. But pretty... I, I don't like. I don't know why you would have made that as like a thing that exists. Why would you put that on the internet? It's it's pretty terrifying. I can't lie. Anyway, let's get back to trade to trade rumors. <laughs> yeah, so the next category of trade that the Lakers could theoretically make here is if they could somehow attach, you know, an asset or two to Timothy Mozgov or Luol Deng in the hopes of shedding their salary, which first and foremost, that's a really bad look that only a few months later after having signed these deals, you're you're hoping, you know, it might take... I think we call that trade an, uh, that type of trade an oopsie. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's that's when you, uh, you slap yourself upside the forehead and say, Dang. You go, whoops, what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> Shrug emoji. I think yeah. that's I think that's a technical term. These that trade or that kind of move is called a shrug emoji. Uh, yeah, it's like it's like it's like ah oh, man, who hasn't signed somebody they don't want to like a seventy-two million dollar contract? Phil Jackson's like, oops. Phil Jackson <laughs> raises his hand. I'm right yeah. there with you guys. He's like, yeah, they they have a support group. I think now. <laughs> Hi, I'm Phil Jackson. I mean, uh, I don't. Are, I can't think honestly of a team that would be willing to take on those salaries. Can you like other than maybe New York, like you trade like you you like swap bad contracts. <laughs> other than that, I, I I can't think of a I can't think of a team that would be willing to take on something like that. Well so this one this one here depends on what you can get for Lou Williams. So I think as it stands right now, the only draft compensation the Lakers potentially have is the top three protected pick that they have right now. And that isn't moving because it's not like you can – nobody's going to accept that that uh, pick. And then also if you're giving away a, a top three pick, then you're really in trouble, right? Then you're just kind of saying this this year was a complete waste. Yeah, yeah. I mean you can't you can't give away a top three pick to shed Mozgov's contract. Yeah, yeah. Unless, well, I guess I guess uh, the, the, <laughs> the Kings kind of did something along those lines to get rid of Nick Stauskas. You, so. you don't want to you don't want to model the kings you never want to be the kings no uh but if the lakers can somehow get you know if they if they are able to get the protected first rounder from say washington right and then turn around and offer timothy moskov or luol Deng, whoever uh the the mavericks are more interested in taking on if they're able to offer those guys uh and take andrew bogut's expiring salary uh, if they can take on the expiring salary there and you can, you know, and all it took was an extra first round pick that the Lakers, you know, it'd be nice for those guys to, but well, I, the Lakers don't have a first rounder for a while though. Yeah. Yeah. But they can trade. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, if they, I'm talking about if they bring on one for Lou Williams. Oh yeah. 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 So if they can, if no, they Hey, can, if they, if they flip Lou for like a first, like say they flip Lou to Washington for that uh-huh. protected first, and then flip that to the Mavs to get rid of Mozgov and De- or, or Dang, then that's like br- that's some brilliant, you know, GMing. Yeah, I feel like I mean we're gonna talk about this in a second, but I feel like Jim Bus kind of avoided Magic's call this morning because <laughs> just like wait, we'll meet as soon as we turn out we 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 turn Mozgov into uh, you know we we turn. Lou Williams into the first round pick that gets us rid of uh, Timothy Moskov. I feel like that would be the play there. But 
but yeah, no, if they can do that, then, then Mitch deserves to keep his job and, and, you know, Jim probably doesn't deserve to keep his right. job at this point, but you can, you, you feel better the about where they're going. The Lakers, that the Lakers have in the cupboard right now, they have, uh, the 28 second, the 2018 second round draft pick from Denver and they have a 2019 second round pick from Chicago. They don't have a second rounder this year. No, because if they not as of right now, because if they keep their pick this year, then their second rounder this year goes to Philadelphia or goes to the Magic. Well, that makes our draft coverage easier that night. Yeah, it would make it a lot easier. <laughs> Bright side. Uh, yeah, I mean, like last year when they picked Zubots, I was like, oh, wait, hold on a second now. Who? <laughs> like I was like frantically Googling trying to figure out who this guy was to like write a post about him with like some level of insight. And yeah. And then and then from there on you, you fell in love at first Google. Uh, yeah, I, I had no idea that he would end up being the Laker that I covered the most this year. <laughs> uh the all right, so I asked this question earlier about Lou Williams. You know, you'd be shocked if he wasn't moved, slash disappointed if he wasn't moved. Would you be more shocked at Lou Williams not being moved, or would you be more shocked about uh, the Lakers somehow getting rid of Mozgov or Dang? Well, oh, way was... more shocked at the second one. You'd be... Like, because the Lakers have had such a tendency to overvalue their own assets, yeah. like, I could definitely see them keeping Lou and being like, oh, no, we could get more for him this summer, or we could keep him and have him be our franchise player, or whatever it may be. And, and whereas the Mozgov and Dang deals are just, th those just look so bad right now yeah. that I just don't see any, I, I just have a really hard time seeing any way those get moved. Although, speaking of Zubots, like, you know, the Lakers don't, it can't, they all, it's not just draft picks. They can attach to things to move on from guys. Like, would you be willing to, like, I know I'm higher on him than you are. Would you be willing to move him to like a team like the Mavs? Like say with maybe a second rounder to take on the Mozgov or Dang deal. Is that something that you'd be willing to do? Zubots, a second rounder and uh, Zubots and a second rounder to move Mozgov feels like too much to me. Yeah, I mean, I think Zubats is going to be pretty good, so mm -hmm. I wouldn't do that, but I was just curious if maybe like a level-headed person. No, I, I think that would be – that's stretching it. And even then, because Zubats, the league considered him a lottery talent, right? Well, at least a first-rounder. Oh, like I've, fringe lottery. Fringe yeah. lottery. And so I guess – Now I think if they if they redrafted, he'd be a lottery pick. Yeah, and, and – <laughs> This draft sucked, but yeah. Uh, yeah, man, maybe first overall. Who knows? <laughs> so yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't do that. I now if if the you know, let's say they asked for man, it's too bad Anthony Brown isn't still on the team. <laughs> be fine with that. <laughs> Sorry. Try and Anthony. try and trick Dallas into taking. But I guess I guess Zubots is the the lesser known entity of all the Lakers young assets at this point. Right. Yeah. I mean, he's the only one that like realistically from like a value standpoint that like I, I could see like any possibility of the team attached to just to move a contract and yeah. not be getting anything back. Although again, like I think he's going to be really good and I wouldn't be surprised if they think the same. 
Yeah, I, I don't think I don't think any uh, of I don't the... think that that's happening. I was just curious, like, uh, like where you value him. If you think if you thought that that would be something good. Yeah, I, I guess the way I kind of put it is this. If you're doing that, you better, you know, we, we've we've talked before on the show about Mitch Kupchak's lack of tampering skills. But if you're doing that, you better have some kind of wink, wink thing of, hey, we're freeing up all this free agency money uh, for someone for someone. You better have yeah. a you'd have a really you better have a really good idea of what's what potentially could be which player could be potentially be on the on the table heading into this offseason. You know, yeah, like but if, I mean, to take you, things back full circle here, I, I don't think that they're moving a car. I don't think that they're going to shed either of those guys at the deadline. Yeah, I, I would be very surprised. Yeah, I would agree. All right. So the last category of deal that the Lakers could theoretically make, and it's the one that I would imagine the fans would be most excited about, right? Especially casual Oh, tra- trading for maybe Jimmy Butler because the some former WWE GM said that that was like a thing on the table that apparently tweeted the same thing last year and then deleted it when it didn't happen? I think it was 2015 that he, he tweeted it out. Oh, okay. So he's doing this like in in odd numbered years. That's more interesting, actually. Yeah, he's like the he's like the San Francisco Giants of shitty Twitter people. <laughs> <laughs> oh um, man. No, I. Oh yeah. So yeah, the the Lakers. Uh, Ramona Shelburne said on Twitter tonight that the Lakers are not having discussions about Jimmy Butler. So yeah. I would believe her more than I'd believe some former WWE GM guy that says in his bio that's not even verified and not a reporter. But hey, that's just me. So I, I'll put it like this then. I, it's easy for fans to look at you know the the loaded diaper that the Kings got in return for Boogie. And say, wait, why can't the Lakers just do something like that? You know, especially when, historically speaking, they've given away quite a few loaded Kwame Browns to get a Pau Gasol, right? And so, from that standpoint, I can understand. I can, I can't understand it, but I can at least have a conversation with somebody thinking that way and just explain to them that that's not the norm, right? And so, for like the Bulls, I think they have a streak going anyway, where where they haven't made a trade at the deadline for like 10 years or something crazy. I think they traded Kirk Heinrich or traded for him at some point in there. Okay. So there was one trade over, you know, but yeah, they aren't typically a deadline team and they aren't a team that typically likes to take on money. Yeah. So I, that's what I don't think, you know, Jimmy Butler is great and, and it would be nice. Like it's, feels like you know because of the new cba that that feels like the the best way that the you know the best avenue that the lakers can take to acquire a superstar is by trading them uh but again it you know i i had this conversation with somebody in in um dms today and and it was is anybody on the lakers untouchable and i said well of course not they, there's nobody that the lakers consider or should consider untouchable but what i do think though is I would I would rather the Lakers not have to trade three of their young assets to get somebody, right? Two, okay, fine. And and that's where Zach Lowe talked today that the Lakers would have been willing to trade Julius Randle and or he uh, thinks they would have. Yeah, but but that's yeah, so he was They would he th- he his report today was that he thinks the Lakers would have been willing to trade Randle and Clarkson for Cousins. And they absolutely should have been willing to do that. Yeah, if that was the deal, then you do it. Yeah. 
And so, you know, if, 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 you're, if somebody comes to you and says, hey, all we need is two of your young assets to get, you know, somebody of Jimmy, Jimmy Butler's caliber, you have to do it. You, you just, I would Unless think, it's both Ingram and Russell. Oh, that's an interesting question. I'm just not I, – I just wouldn't be comfortable trading both of those guys, to be honest. I think I would. Okay. Whoa. Okay. Talk I, to me about this. Well, it depends on the – because you have to make the salaries work, right? Yeah. The, obviously, they, this is all contingent on them putting together the things that make the salary so work. It, it would have to be – like the, the only desirable contract that the Lakers – have right now is Jordan Clarkson's salary. That's the only thing. Like any trade that they have with a superstar has to include Jordan Clarkson because of the uh, of the salary cap rules, right? Yeah, and having to match salaries. So you would wind up having to trade, you know, like Jordan Clarkson, Brandon Ingram, and D'Angelo Russell for for Jimmy Butler, and that to me would be too much. But if if the Bulls for whatever dumb reason said, hey, we'll We'll just make it work. We'll bring us a third team in here. All you guys need to give up is two of D'Angelo Russell and Brandon Ingram. How old is is Jimmy Butler? We should know this off the top of the head. I can look at this right now. I got it. Uh, Jimmy Butler is 27 years old. Yeah, I think I make that deal. I'd hate it. I would. I would. I would be nervous as heck, you know. I just don't – I mean, I guess Butler doesn't have the Cousins thing of, like, I'm not sure that guys would be willing to come and play with him. I think that guys would be willing to come and play with Butler in L.A. Well, even even Butler has some weird things going on behind the scenes there too, right? Yeah, but not weird in the same way as Cousins. Yeah. All right, so so if it isn't, if it isn't Jimmy Butler, if it becomes Paul George – that's the one, you know, and, and he's not even on the table. Larry Bird isn't going to trade him. But if, if No, it sounds like they're willing to move first rounder to get help for him, which actually could end up being like a Lou Williams thing, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. So if you if but if the Pacers came to you and said, you know, make the contracts work, you guys need to give up Ingram and Russell. You don't do that to get Paul George. I'm not sure the Butler isn't better than Paul George. Oh man, I I actually think Paul George is better. I don't think it's objectively better. I think it's arguably better, but it's it's close between those two. I actually prefer. I think Paul George is a little longer, and and you know I think he he'll age a little bit better because he'll be able to play the four as he gets older because he's taller. But but that's how that's where I would go. Yeah, that's a discussion for another day. I I just ultimately. I I don't know that I'm willing to give up. That I would be willing to give up both of those guys. You know, because I'm probably a little bit more high on their ceiling than a lot of people are. And I also just think that at that point, your cupboard's kind of bare. And what are guys, I mean, other than the superstar that you're trading for. And so if you can't sell other guys on coming to play with him, then I don't know what you really have. And the other, the other aspect of trading for a Paul George or a Jimmy Butler is it basically guarantees that you're giving up your your top three protected pick this year too yeah and pretty much. Uh, barring some luck yeah and so if you're trading if you're trading away actually I'm talking myself out of this at this point because if you're trading away two of you know Brandon Ingram and D'Angelo Russell and basically ostensibly you're trading away 
a top three pick as well, or or you know whatever a top five. You're kissing or, it goodbye. Yeah, that that's too much to ask for, and that's when you're talking about if you could somehow get Paul George and convince him to not play a game this season, <laughs> <laughs> and keep the and keep the top three pick, and maybe draft you know like a Fultz to replace. Uh, D'Angelo Russell, then I think that's a that's a fun hypothetical. But again, you would have to convince Paul George, hey, your hamstrings look awful, <laughs> you know. And and I would imagine the league wouldn't wouldn't look too kindly on that. Yeah, probably not. No, probably not. Uh, all right, so that does it with those things. Again, I think far and away the most likely scenario here is that Lou Williams winds up on some playoff contender and the Lakers get, I would hope for a, a, you know, lottery protected first round pick. Yeah. Uh, I think that's, that's what, that would be the hope there. That sounds about reasonable. That's where, uh, if, if the trade deadline comes and, and passes and that's, you know, the Lakers loan move, I would consider the deadline, you know, something of a success. Anything Although if they're traded to a contender or a playoff team, then that already is lottery protected. Yeah. At least if it's this year, because the pick wouldn't be in the lottery. Well, like if he goes to, well, I guess Utah isn't even close. Who would be, like if he goes to New Orleans, for example. Yeah. Right. Or if he goes to. Then it would probably be a lottery protected pick. Yeah. Somebody at the bottom of the Western Conference or at the bottom Although of you, the Although New Orleans Conference. just traded their first rounder, so that's a bad example. But like so, a, you, a team trying uh, to make the playoffs that's willing to give up a first rounder. Yeah. Den- Denver, for example. Yeah, you know. Um, all right, so that's uh, that does the the stuff on trades, and I would imagine over the next few days we're going to talk a little bit more about trades as no, you more, think? yeah, more reports are going to come out. This is uh, the Lou Williams thing. It wouldn't while the editing. I hope this doesn't happen, but while we're editing this, it, it wouldn't shock me at all to to see some kind of Woj notification there. Yeah, knock on wood that that doesn't happen because then we we'd have to re-record. Um, the last tidbit that we wanted to talk about here is Magic Johnson was supposed to meet with Jim Buss this afternoon or today at some point, and according to Ramona Shelburne, their schedules didn't work out. And I find that my schedule generally doesn't sync up with guys that you know, kind of, sort of, maybe are trying to take my job. Especially on a day where a hit piece comes out about me. Uh, yeah, maybe. <laughs> like I would imagine, I would imagine that article comes out. Jim kind of reads it and says, "Oh, come on! Looks like my schedule's full to <laughs> to, to magic or whatever." Uh, there's no way I, again, and we aren't going to get into you know calling sourcing out and stuff like that because it's impossible to prove that kind of thing. Uh, but but I felt the piece was a tad unfair. I think we're allowed to say that. Um with the analysis that went on there and it wouldn't, I mean the main thing that I took issue with was like the, like even if Jim Buss had this and to be clear, we're talking about the piece in bleacher report today by Kevin Ding and which was like well reported and there was a lot of information in there. But like my main thing is like if, even if Jim Buss had this irrational love of Robert Sacre and just thought he was this amazing center 15th man whatever it may be uh you know and just like far and above where he should have valued Sacre like 28 other teams also missed on Hassan Whiteside like I don't think that you can call out the Lakers missing out on Hassan Whiteside as some colossal mistake unless you also want to call out 28 other NBA teams 
the, the other 28 being the non-Lakers teams that are also not the Heat, who eventually signed him for the same mistake. What annoyed me, so, I mean, he was in Lebanon. <laughs> it's, it's not like he was he was local right around the corner for the entirety of of before the Lakers quote unquote pass on him right in their in their workout. Well, yeah. yeah, he came and did the workout, and then like they didn't want to offer him a training camp invite. Yeah, the the thing that annoyed me was was not bringing up Kobe's contract and how you know because he even he even alluded to it, maybe even accidentally by saying that the Lakers had to wait to find out if Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James wanted to take less to team up in Los Angeles, right? And the reason they had to take less is because they had just paid Kobe Bryant, whatever it was, twenty-five million dollars over the you know fifty million dollars, you know forty-eight million dollars over the over the final two years of his year of of his uh, career. And if they give him less uh, than that, they could walk into that meeting, slap down two max contracts. You can say take it or leave it, and then you can move on more quickly. But because they felt the need to wait, and I and I can't necessarily even blame them for feeling the need to waiting on LeBron James and Carlo, Carmelo Anthony. Like if they if they would have moved on and signed the Kyle Lowry's or the Isaiah Thomases that Ding brings up, and then LeBron and Carmelo come back to him and say, "Wait, wait, wait, we were we were ready to sign, right?" If that story gets out, then Bus looks even like a bigger idiot. You know, yep. and and the the hindsight being twenty twenty, and in the analysis here uh, that I, I saw there, and again, I'm not getting into reporting, but my the the analysis that I read in the article to me felt you know contrived, and I and I I, I wasn't uh, I wasn't thrilled reading about that. And if I was Jim Bus, while I'm you know Jim Bus was going to take this meeting with Magic while the trade deadline was going on, right? And if he's going to step away for a little bit from the trade deadline stuff that he has to keep an eye on, I would imagine, damn near 24-7 at this point, uh, one would hope that it, it wouldn't be under the premise of somebody who is so publicly vying for his job. And then yet another article comes out by, you know, and, and that paints him in this light of where Jim Buss you know, doesn't deserve the light of day in Los Angeles. I, I, I wouldn't blame him at all for passing on the on the meeting. Um, I think it's a terrible look all the way around that they didn't meet today, and we'll see if they actually get around a meeting tomorrow. But as of right now, uh, the lack of communication that continues to go on with this potential transition to Magic Johnson, it, it, it just it continues to scream to me of of organizational failure. You know, I I'm ranting. Yeah, it's you know, it's a very, very weird situation, and it seems like there are a lot of teams in the league right now competing for who can be the most dysfunctional. <laughs> I mean, I think the Kings pretty much locked it up, but we'll see. How long ago does it feel like when Phil Jackson was subtweeting Carmelo Anthony? Yeah, it <laughs> seems like a while. Feels like forever ago, and then the Kings were like, all right, hold my beer. And then now the Lakers keep on coming back to him and be like, hold my liquor. So... We'll see how that turns out. A lot going on here with the Lakers. Uh, again, we'll try to keep. If something crazy happens tomorrow, uh, I'll, I'll, you know, I'll jump on or today. Facebook. By the time you're listening to this, by, by the time, yeah, people are listening to this, we'll record an emergency podcast to get immediate reaction as something happens like that. 
but as of right now, Lou Williams is still a Laker. We'll see how long that, that remains the case. As of right now, Lou Waltang and Timothy Mozgov are extremely overpaid Lakers. Uh, we'll see how long that remains the case, and we'll do a little bit of praying in the meantime. And, and finally, Jimmy Butler, Paul George, and all the other superstars of the league are still not Lakers, So I, and, I, and I can't imagine that's changing anytime soon. Nope, doesn't sound like it is, despite reports to the contrary. Yeah, that was shouts to that. What was he, a WWE guy? I don't know. His bio said former WWE general manager, and then he had some like local Chicago thing like listed in it. And yeah, it, they have yeah. general managers in in WWE. That's what I said. That was like the biggest <laughs> bomb from today, honestly. <laughs> All right. Well, shouts to that guy. Shoot your shot, buddy. We'll talk to everybody again. Uh, hey, if you, if I think I think that's just media in like 2017. If you just make up enough stuff and you eventually get something right, you're you're a reporter. We do have. I guess we, we we'd be remiss not to mention this. We have it, and this is borderline reporting, uh, because there isn't there isn't much to it quite quite yet. But we do have it on on a source that says that the Lakers are desperately trying to do something, and they're trying to make a quote big deal, a very big deal. So. We'll see what that actually means over the next couple of days. And as you know, we get more information, we'll continue to try to clarify and specify what that might be. But as of right now, it's, it's not necessarily new information. Everybody knows that they're trying to do stuff. Yep. All right. Have a good one, everybody. Make sure you're finding the show on Audio Boom, iTunes, Silver Screen and Roll, TuneIn, Stitcher, and today's Fast Break. Use those promo codes on SeatGeek and Mac Weldon. Again, we'll talk to everybody tomorrow. I believe we might have a guest lineup for tomorrow, but we'll we'll uh, we'll see when that time comes. Uh, have a good one, everybody. Thanks for uh, thanks for getting gutting through this, Harrison. This was a, a yet another flu game for you. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna try and keep it going, man. But my voice is rapidly fading. <laughs> All right, have a good one, everybody, and shouts to Ramon Sessions.